Shom Rebyug. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Tiny Room. Welcome back to On Shom Rebyug. I am the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast, and I am joined, as usually, digitally, by the man who once said to COVID-19, COVID-19, you don't understand. I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. It's Benjamin. Hi, I got him. I got him. He's He's been weeping in the corner all afternoon. You're the bloody Rorschach of uh, international COVID-19 things. Yeah, so that that was actually a, a hallucination induced by not COVID-19, but being locked inside all day. Monster <laughs> crazy. My poor parents were very alarmed as I did my best Rorschach impression. Do, um, a, do, a, do us a quick Rorschach impression there, Ben. I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. That is actually quite good. It's just Batman. It's just Christian Bale's Batman. His little small Batman. With a smaller tone. Mm. That's that's it. That's do it. Wanna, do you want to set us up there for the theme music, Benjamin? <gasps> theme music for the podcast. We don't actually have any theme music. Very good. <laughs> yes, I was very excited. <laughs> it was very shocking. Benjamin, um, Marvel, Disney, our new overlords, Ike Perlmutter, yes. they have bitten the bullet and accepted that uh, they're going to have to do something about uh, Phase 4. Yeah, well, I mean, they're going to have to, aren't they, Michael? Is, they're going to have to. They can't the just, new normal. The digital tiny room is what we have for the foreseeable. They can't just bury their heads in the sand anymore and go, oh, I'm a bloody cinema producing ostrich. We, we'll do it in May. We'll do it in May. Everything will be fine in May. COVID-19 oh, no, switched that's, off that's in May. Not, that's not what they're doing, Ben. They've rescheduled the C, uh, Phase 4 almost entirely. And Ben, this is the most non-exciting non-news I think we've ever covered on here on Michael Imaginal's podcast. They, what, they've rearranged Phase 4? Yeah, the, the way they've rearranged it is the most non-exciting non-news. So, Benjamin, you're aware of how the next movie was going to be Black Widow? Yes, the Widow of Black, yes. The Widow of Black, yeah. Her her actual name is Blackyeline Widowski. Uh, that makes sense because she's Russian. She's Russian, yeah. Yes. Uh, so Black Widow, Ben, which was supposed to come out next week? I think so, or, yeah. Is it supposed to have been out already? I'm we were supposed sure, to have actually. a little cinema club, Michael, and go see it. Yeah, we didn't get to completely see the thing. So, Benjamin, anyway, that has been pushed back to November. Good Christ, they- Michael! Yeah, it's been pushed back to November when The Eternals was supposed to be coming out. Oh, God. The Eternals starring John... No, not John Snow. Rob's, Rob Stark? Rob Stark, yeah. yeah. Rob Stark. Rob, Robbie Starks. And, yeah. Um, so The Eternals then, Ben, in, in turn, is pushed back to February 2021. Oh, God. Which is what, when I think... Doctor Strange was supposed to be coming so out. So is everything just being knocked back one? Yeah. And then Doctor Strange oh, is being knocked back to November 2021, which is when Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings was supposed to be coming out. Why is that being made? I don't understand. And then Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Benjamin, has been knocked back to February 2022, which is when Thor Love and Thunder was supposed to be coming out. No, I wanted to see Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> and then Thor Love and Thunder, Ben, has been kicked back to, I don't know, summer 2022. It's it's non-news, Ben. It's every this, one of them has taken one step back, basically. Uh, I mean, it's good news for Doctor Strange because they're in a bit of a director crisis, aren't they? The, the old Doctor Stranges have always struggled with directors. They're the yeah. Ant-Man of Marvel films, although yes. Ant-Man is also... Ant-Man is the Ant-Man of... It, that's yeah, just yeah. received its writer. I can't remember who it was. I read it the other day. Wait, oh, God. Doctor Strange 2, you mean? No, no, Ant-Man. Ant-Man the, Man has 3. a new writer. Yes, Ant-Man 3 has a new writer. 
Oh, very good. Um, you spin your wheels there very quickly about the non-news that all this is. Yeah, so it's all non-news anyway, Ben. They're all still going to come out. Oh, that's what it was, Just Michael. Staggered one. It's bloody Rick and Morty writer. Dan Harmon. new writer of Ant-Man 3. Jeff something. What's his Goldblum. Name? It's ah, not Jeff yeah. Goldblum, although I would definitely watch it. It's Jeff Loveness, which is a great oh, name. Oh, love it. Yeah, Loveness. Jeff Dr. Loveness. Dr. Loveness. Speaking um, of Rick and Morty, Ben. Oh, you, you, you smooth, smooth sailor. <laughs> so smooth. Cam sees did never a skilled sailor make, Michael, but in your case, it doesn't matter. That's my I'm dog. There's your That's dog. There's Bowie. Bowie. Hello, Bowie. Hello, on the podcast. <laughs> um, go on. No, it's you. Oh, it's me. It. Yes, sorry. Yeah. Rick and Morty finally teased the world again on April 1st, Michael. Gives a little tease. Um, and they launched a trailer called Rick and Morty, The Other Five. Because there are five episodes left in season four, Michael, that we've not seen yet. I thought they'd scheduled 700 episodes or something like that. Yeah, I think that was just to wind people up, Michael. I'll be honest. Oh, I don't know how this will last oh, past the series. Because it's kind of lost its its fervor at this point. Although probably not, Michael. Probably not. It's probably I... I've lost my passion for it. So... Aren't they getting a spin-off? Maybe not a spin-off, just a new thing from Dan Harmon. Who's getting a spin? Oh yeah, I saw that actually. I saw something. No, it's from um oh, it's Justin Royland. Justin Royland, yeah. It's from What's Justin Royland. Uh I don't know, it's about aliens. Yeah, living aliens. in the real world. It looks yes. like Rick and Morty with a new lick of paint. Um it doesn't you know. It's super sciencey again. The aliens are super advanced and they're kind of dealing with the humans as best they can and mm. You know, it, it seems it seems very like a. It's like he took a group of Ricks and just put them together. But anyway, uh, the trailer dropped for the new one, and everyone got super excited, Michael. But then something more interesting got dropped on the L Adult Swim YouTube channel as well. A quick Go little, on. Go quick on. little Go side on. hustle. Go on. And it's Go on. Uh, it's it's Rick and Morty set in feudal Japan, um, right? And it seems to be modeled on on cult comic sensation Lone Wolf and Cub. Oh yeah. Um, I know it. Which is, yes, of course you do, Michael, because you're a well-read man who's very in the know. I've, I've bloody read Yeah. And it's kind of like, I suppose, imagine if Wolverine was a samurai. Yeah. And and he stole a baby. Yeah. And then he traveled through Japan defeating assassins yeah. as a babysitting samurai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Mandalorian. Yeah, so that's, that's what it, yeah, like, oh, holy shit, Michael. Yes, like the Mandalorian. Good grief. Good grief, yeah. Michael. Oh, yeah. you, you... Do you know what, ladies and gentlemen? It's Michael just links within links. He yeah. plays it's dumb, li- but he isn't. He's a, he's, a, <laughs> he's to use to use the Irish vernacular, cute whore. I don't cute play whore. dumb, not knowingly, anyway. <laughs> Do You're I not come across dumb. as dumb? Oh, oh we have no. to have a chat. Um, oh. But anyway, um, and it's it's kind of three D animated and rendered, and basically the Council of Ricks are the other ninjas and assassins in this, and they all jump through a portal, and it's just a really bizarre eight minute short where. Samurai Rick takes on Ninja Ricks. There's no traditional humor to it. Like it's good, it's not funny. Good. good. It's yeah, almost good. deadly serious. And it could have been made with anything. It didn't good. have to be made with this. Good. But I would imagine more people watched it because it's Rick and Morty. Check it out. Good. It's up in its entirety on the Adult Swim YouTube channel. Good. And yeah, it's bizarre. Good. Speaking of Ben, um, Go on. did you see that the Astartes Warhammer 40,000 fan film released its its conclusion this week. I did, Michael, and I watched it. I watched yeah, it. Yeah, it's quite is confusing. It, is it the conclusion? I don't is know. It the conclusion? I, it can't I've read, be. I've read in a couple of places that it was the conclusion that it's going to be left on a mystery. Oh. Oh. He's hoping to get that sweet, good. sweet 40k sponsorship and then he'll make more. I don't know. 
because mm. the, the 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 old Warhams, Ben, the the Warhammer, the, the Hammy Wars, shop. yeah, those lads, um, yeah, the Bacon of Conflict. Yes, oh, they Bacon have, of Conflict is a great name. That's what we will will call our rival company. That Bacon, Bacon conflict. of Conflict. Mm. So what we what we talking about? Yes, no, sorry, they That's they're moving into animation anyway. They've gone. They've hired a couple of kind of smaller, slightly independent animation studios to do a series of animations on different uh, kind of topicy things. They only have to hire guy. one guy, Michael. Just hire that guy. Just hire that guy. Yeah, he's great. Um, yes, Michael. I'm now. I'm I'm spitballing here as a as something of a, a bacon of conflict novice. <clears throat> but I'm assuming that the thing that the ball that they don't found, know Ben the ore don't that they you. found. Gonna stop you in your stride there. Don't know. It doesn't seem to be anything from Warhammer. You son of a gun. I thought it was some kind of chaos thing from Warhammer. It might have been. It might have been some sort of alien thing. I don't... uh, That's the thing when it's an unofficial thing, isn't it? It looks like something he's just made up himself. Well, it looks good, though. It's well rendered, isn't it? Well put together. Very scary. Very scary. I like when the Inquisitor accidentally make mind contact with it and then the two space marines put him down. They're like, whoops, the daisy. Bang, bang. Yeah. We'll have smash him in the head. Yeah, we'll smash him in the head. That's one of my favorite things because often in in that particular kind of scene, we have the classic kind of ah no, he'll be fine. He'll shake he'll be it off. Grand. He'll yeah, be yeah. fine. No. But in this, it's like no, nah, not taking any no, chances. Kill him. He's kill him. Gonna die. He's kill gonna him die. with punches and guns. Kill him with punches and guns. Hopefully both in in equal measure, which Benjamin, is a lot. Yeah. Would you do me a favor, please, and stop interrupting my video call with Bowie? Sorry. I'm, so I'm sorry. trying to I'm trying to have a chat with your dog here, and you keep talking shite about popular culture. <laughs> It's very upsetting. Um, that's funny because Katie does uh, video call me at least twice a week just to talk with um, just to talk with the dog. Good. <laughs> that's the very only good. reason she's there. Benjamin. Yeah. Where are we? What are we talking about? Uh, Benjamin. Well, oh, be- before we move on, very very right. quickly, Michael. Yeah. Very yeah, very yeah, quickly. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Artemis Fell, which we talked yeah. about on this very pod, is to go yeah. direct to Disney Plus. It's lost oh, its. Uh, poor Artemis Fell. It's lost its cinema release. Needs to go straight Poor to Disney Plus. Artemis Fowl. It's no Black Widow. Black it's no Black Widow. It's, I think it's a real shame. It got lost in development hell, and then and now it's to go straight to the, which is the equivalent of straight to VHS. Yeah, it's not going to do well, is it, Ben? No, it's it's. Well, I mean, it might. Maybe it'll find a huge audience because it'll be brand new content, and people will be really excited because they all have Disney uh, Plus now. I don't know, Ben. You you were excited about it, and you talked about it on the podcast, so you gave it the curse of Colopy. Is that is that something that I yeah. have? Artemis Fowl, yeah, Fast things? and Furious 9, oh. Batman vs. Superman, everything you've been excited about. Oh. Uh, Was I excited about Fast and Furious 9? That doesn't sound oh, yeah, like yeah, me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Madly, madly excited. Madly Was I excited, excited about, about Batman vs. Oh. Superman or did I yeah, directly yeah, yeah. say that it was going to be a giant flop? No, no, no. You were very excited. You said, it. I can't see how this could be anything other than the perfect film. That doesn't sound it's like me. It's on the poster, Ben. It was no, on I mean, the poster. Michael, if you said it, it's probably true because you yeah, know yeah. me better than I know myself. But exactly. I, I'll, I'll be honest, Michael. From my, quite frankly, shallow understanding of my own soul, it doesn't sound like me. No, no, yeah, you definitely said it. You were very okay. excited about Batman All right. Superman. All right. You said, uh, you said, uh, you said uh, the only thing more exciting than Batman versus Superman is the prospect of the Justice League <laughs> on yeah. the big screen. And that's me. That was definitely me because there's yeah. nothing I love more than Jason Momoa going, yeah. yeah. You, you still haven't seen the Justice League. Oh, no, you have. I have, unfortunately. Benjamin. I, I really shouldn't have, though. Yeah, go on. Speaking of um, Ju- Ben's Recommends, your, favorites, your, fa- your famous segment, Ben's Recommends. <laughs> is it, what segment is this? What are we it's talking about? It's your segment where you recommend things. Ben's Recommends. Go on. 
Uh, I watched one of your Ben's recommends over the last couple of days of quarantine, and I have to tell you, Ben, very good, very enjoyable. <laughs> that was that was worrying there for a second. No, no, no. Um, which one is this, Michael? Is this Ghost Tree, the the latest? No, no, no. Oh no, I didn't actually read that. I watched it. it was a TV show. I've been watching um, Kim's Convenience. Oh, good. Oh, good. You mean very you watched good. one of my recommendations, Michael? Ben's ah. recommends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Kim's Convenience is phenomenal. It's very, very good. Now, I'm only 11 or 12 episodes into season one, Benjamin, but really excellent piece of work. It's just hilarious. Very, very funny. So entertaining. Great characters. Um, Actually interesting themes dissected around race and immigration and things like that. It's very interesting, Michael. Yeah. Um, Odd in places. It doesn't quite adhere to some of the norms of television in places. A little bit of a spoiler, for example, Ben. Uh, when when it, the daughter, when Janet, yes, is that her name? Yes, yes. When Janet meets the kind of sexy young policeman. Yes, he's a very re- sexy young policeman, isn't he? A very sexy young policeman. Their relationship progresses incredibly quick, quickly, and we don't get to see any of it. We don't get to see any of it, Michael. Nothing. It's quite odd in a lot of ways like that. But Ben, while I was watching it, I was thinking, Mister Kim is one of the greatest comic uh, creations on television these days. One of the most disappointing things that I ever did, Michael, was I watched him accept one of the various Canadian television awards. That's not his real accent. Very disappointing. He's Canadian. He's as Canadian as the day is long, eh? But he's clearly an excellent actor. Well, (laughs) Um, With a keen understanding of Korean culture and accent. (laughs) He's a first generation Canadian immigrant. So basically, I think he's doing his own father. Yeah, I think that's probably what's happening. But it's very good, though. It's it's excellent. And um, of all of the actors in the series, he is the most consistent in maintaining his accent. Oh, yeah. For he example, never falters. Yeah, yeah. For example, the mother in the show, she's very good too. But every now and then you can tell she's doing a voice. Yeah. But not and, with him. And, with no. him, it's like, no, he's, it's, that's it's him. It's spectacular. He is a Homer Simpson in the early days of the Simpsons level creation. Yes. He, he, he will is a stand the test spe- of time. He should be winning many awards. <laughs> he is an absolutely spectacular combination of character and actor and facial expressions. And it, it, in a lot of ways, the show, Ben, and, and thank you for the Ben's recommends, because I, I really genuinely <laughs> d- didn't ever think about it. It's, it reminds me, I'm not saying it's similar to, but reminds me of the early days of The Simpsons. Yeah, where, I can give you that. There's a lot of depth to the characters, and yet it's... Y- hilarious and like they're idiots and they do stupid things but they have there's reason behind their actions and they have like maybe in 20 years if this ran for 20 years he would be a buffoon of the highest order yeah but he's not currently and it's it's he's one of the greatest characters on television at the moment i have to say mr kim I'm glad Very you enjoyed good. that so much michael oh so good so good and you know uh, simu lee who plays jung Yes. He's going to be Shang-Chi in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. No way. Is he? That's him. That's the very fella, yeah? That's the very fella. That's the very fella there himself. There you go. Look at him now. So if his dad doesn't make an appearance and go, Jong! (laughs) (laughs) You'll be very upset. I'm very, very upset. (laughs) Um, Yes. What a ripped man. What a body. He'd be good as a a martial artist. He's in good shape, yes. Peak physical condition. Yes. 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 Anyway, I'm glad you enjoyed so anyway, that, yeah. Michael. Glad Very good. I thoroughly recommend it for a 20-minute sitcom, which is simultaneously 
a very conventional sitcom, but also plays a little bit with the conventions of sitcoms. It breaks a couple of rules here and there. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's very enjoyable. It's very entertaining. And uh, like I said, Mr. Kim, one of the best comic creations of recent years. Yeah, he's great. Great, Michael. Just such an enjoyable character. Michael, speaking of Shang-Chi. Yes. Who I'm fairly certain is a chosen one of some kind. Oh, you've skipped over one of the things, Ben. Ah, no, go backwards. Never mind. What I skipped. Speaking speaking of uh, characters who... Picard... Uh, yeah, speaking of characters who aren't chosen by fate, <laughs> well, on, on the surface, you watch on Picard, the surface, then? no, I don't watch Picard. Okay, well, the season has ended. Let me. I'm here to bloody tell you, Ben. Ah, I'm here to Aww. bloody tell you, Ben. The season has ended. Right. And let me tell you, Ben. I'm, I'm here to you tell finish. you, Ben. I'm let you finish. I'm here to tell you. I've been listening to a lot of American podcasts. I think because I I've, see I've picked up some intonation. I'm here to tell you, Ben. I'm here to tell you that it's, it's a good series. Is it, is it now? Yeah, it is. It's a because good series. It's been getting mixed reviews, Michael. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say it you're nice, Michael. Get, it has been getting mixed reviews. It's very well produced. It right. has a, a good, compelling plot. Uh, things happen in it which are interesting. It's, it's very, very well important acted. in entertainment. Yeah, it's very good entertainment. Is it good Star Trek, Ben? Mm. Oh, mm. That's, that's, where it, that's where it clips its wings. That's, that's well, that's one of the issues with it, is is it good Star Trek? And is it good Star Trek, Ben? N- no. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Not really. It's a good series. It's a very good series. It's a very entertaining series with good mysteries and good action and good goings on and, you know, and it's got Star Trek stuff in it. Like, for example, Ben, Romulans. Oh, a bloody classic Star Trek conceit. Romulans. The, Romulan. The Borg. <laughs> Borg. Aliens Attract- in space. Imagine. Aliens. Imagine. Robot- are they robots? Are they aliens? What are they even? Who, Attractive who older knows? ladies. Usually. It's, it's got all of those things. So it's, you know, it's it's Star Trek in that sense. But it's not really Star Trek. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It doesn't have that vibe. It doesn't have the right... It doesn't There's have no, the vibe. Is it the lack of uniform that upsets you, Michael? Were you, were no, you hoping it, for well, a actually, spiffy uniform? This is the funny thing, Ben. It didn't upset me because I actually still enjoyed it. I enjoyed it despite it's not being very Star Trekky, rather than it upset me. Now, Michael, let me ask you this. Let Go me on. ask you this now, Michael. Let me ask you this. Go on, then. Go on. Do you think that the mixed reviews it's currently receiving are probably from butthurt Star War- Star Trek fans, not Star Wars fans? Mm, some. Yes, some. Not all, but some, I'd say. Do you think it just or, wasn't or Star Trekky enough for the gang? Some for some people it wasn't Star Trekky enough, and not just that it wasn't Star Trekky enough, that it was anti Star Trek. Oh, yeah. So Patrick like, Stewart taking a few pot shots. Well, you know, people saying that uh, the swearing swearing had been all but eliminated by the twenty fourth century, if we were to believe Star Trek. Get out of town. Yeah, get the fuck out of town, as they would say on Star Trek Picard. Yes. Get and the brought, fuck out of town. Get the... F- don't piss me off, number one. Nice. Or Solid. I'll give you a I'll, punch in the I'll, fucking head. I'll give you a ruddy good pissing up. Benjamin. Yes. Do you remember um, a few months ago when Star Trek Picard started, I said, it, there's hints of the Mass Effect about it. Yes. Yes. Because I said, like, he's assembling a motley crew... A gang. Uh, a gang of ne'er-do-wells and he's on a kind of, he's a kind of slightly renegade military officer, not military, Starfleet officer. Patrick Stewart, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Benjamin. Yeah. It went full Mass Effect. I don't know if you know this. No. But 
Benjamin, I'm just going to describe the plot of something to me to you, and you tell me if it's um, if it's a uh, Picard it's or Mass Star Effect. Tra- Picard or Mass Effect. You are very so, distracted today, Michael. What are you playing with below the microphone? I'm playing with Rewind. He's a little transformer. Oh <laughs> Jesus! There he is. Look, Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! Um, what was I doing? I don't know. Oh yeah, I was <laughs> describing the plot. Yeah, and go then on. You're, you're going to tell me if it's Mass Effect or play a Star Trek Picard. Go on. Yeah. So Ben. There is, on a distant planet, there's this kind of uh, ancient technological device. And yeah. it's very mysterious. It's kind of this sort of beacony thing. Okay. And if you touch it, you get these kind of mental images, these shocking mental images. Flashes, of, if you will. Yeah, flashes of m- like m- mixed media, multimedia flashes with images and foxes rotting and like a collage yeah but mixed media and it's of the apocalypse basically oh no and that drives you a bit mad when you touch the beacon it would and it turns out Ben that this beacon is actually there as a kind of harbinger of these aliens that live outside of the universe yeah and they are ancient technological beings okay and the beacon exists so that when the beacon comes into contact with sentient uh, synthetic life, the, that, that will summon forth these higher um, forms of synthetic life. Right. Who will then come into the universe and purge the universe of organic life forms. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what um, have I just described there? Any H.P. Lovecraft short story. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you've, you've described you've Crafts described Mass Effect, Michael. You've, you've described no, Mass Ben, I've described Star Trek Picard. <laughs> yeah, don't cut me. You've <laughs> fallen for one of my classic <laughs> ruses again. Um, is is the higher form of sentient life data? No, oh. data, data, and the colony of robots. The rat. What was her name? Saj, Soji, and means anyway, nothing to me. The the datas, the data type robots, right. are are the robots who have evolved enough to make contact with this higher robot life. Right. They are, for want of a better better term, Ben, they are the geth of this. Mass, Mass Effect has geth, does it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right, thanks. Right. It's the same plot, Ben, is what same, I'm saying. Same idea, Ben. Same. It's the same. It's the same. It's yeah. bizarre. It's the same. But does it work, Michael? Yeah, it's still good. It's still and if, good. And if you twist the camera angle on Amazon Prime, can you see inside Commander Picard's head? Because of bad animation and rush design. No. It's a whole Mass Effect thing. Oh, very good. Because it's that's terribly Mass designed. Yeah, that's Mass Effect Andromeda. I think like one or two people will get that joke. Yeah, I didn't even get it, Ben. And I'm quite a big Mass Effect You're fan. You're quite a Mass you know. Effect fan. You're a yeah. massive effect fan. Mass. <laughs> oh, God. Fan effect. Anyway, yeah. yeah but anyway. Star Trek Picard is good. Is it Star Trek? Not really. Is it Mass Effect set in the Star Trek universe? Yes. Yes. If you, Are you all right with that? Yes, I am. Because I quite like Mass Effect and Star Trek. Well, that's pretty good. So <laughs> it didn't really upset me. That was a solid no spoilers kind of recommendation there, Michael. Uh, well done. <laughs> I spoiled it completely. Nah, you didn't. Nah. I did. Nah. The aliens. Everyone's Bend played it. Mass Effect. Nah. <laughs> nah. Crack. Um, so Ben as it turns out that it's it's Daj's sister Soji she's kind of the chosen one of the robots who is nice I'll set you up there nice thanks keep going keep going keep going no she's not really I'm just kind of trying to set you up Uh, okay because Michael 
Yes, Benjamin. I'm going I'm to tell you the little story that inspired this this week's topic because I've told it to you Go before. On. Yeah, uh, Michael, uh, I was I was passing through this fine city uh, once upon uh, once upon not a lockdown, pre lockdown, um, pre lockdown. Oh, halcyon days. Oh, Ben, the, the, you the, could just go around the city taking photos of whoever you wanted. Whoever I wanted. Whoever. Oh, God. Any, just anyone who was smoking a fag. Any Tom, Dick or Harry with a fag in his hand and a yeah. dream in his heart. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was there uh, quite late in the evening, Michael, around a, around a half 11-ish, 12-ish. And Michael, oh. uh, for any yes. denizen of Dublin City, they'll, they'll find that should you stroll upon Grafton Street at a certain hour... Approaching the witching hour or later You will find large groups of people Who may or may not be inebriated, Michael Yes, the English Uh, Well, that's Temple Bar, Michael Upon the witching hour Um, But you can find the Irish on on Grafton Street As they head towards Harcourt To continue their hedonism or whatsoever And one of the evenings I I stumbled upon a a large group of girls Oh, did you now? And, And, Michael, they were huddled In what seemed to be a serious pep talk for one another Yeah Now Michael, it's not for me to say if they were hammered or not. I'm guessing so they, they might have been. Were. Yeah. Might have been. And they kind of gave themselves a little pet talk, a pep talk. Good. And they were, they were just getting up to move forward to the next stage of their wonderful evening. Debauchery yes. abounded. Yes. And one of the girls let rip at the top of her lungs. Yes. We are the chosen Huns. Which was my favourite thing ever, Michael, because a hun here in Dublin is a very particular type of Dublin young one. Yeah, it's a type of Dublin young one. And they strode off into the night, Michael, to see what fate had in store for them. And Michael, it stuck with me. It seared itself in my mind. And that brought me to this week's episode, Michael, which is all about the chosen huns. Um, Yeah, very good. We're going to be taking a look at chosen ones, the trope, uh, what makes it, why is it sometimes awful... Um, and what have people been doing with it? How have we been, how have we been playing around with that, Michael? How have we been subverting that bloody trope as we've how gone been, through the ages? Yeah. Michael, I have some good news for you. Yes. There's bloody Transformers in our future. Oh, good. It's bloody, We're bloody oh, transforming right. it better not be that. It better not be that prick hot rod. Uh, no, it's not. There's no hot rod. We oh, are no hot rod, rod free. But Hot Rod is Hot famously Rod the chosen one. Okay, we'll get, we'll get the chosen hun. Um, yeah, no, not in this case. We're we're going on to something different. Um, so before we begin, I suppose I should really deconstruct what the chosen one trope is. Basically, hold on a minute, Ben. Yes. What even is the chosen one? Oh, thank you. Very nice. Very nice, Michael. Um, to quote a very famous quote that I've, I've I can't remember the name of. Uh, some men are born great. Some yeah. uh, some have greatness thrust upon them, um, yeah. and it's very much the the uh, former there, Michael. Some people are born great, um, yeah. and they have been chosen by fate or destiny or doom or whatever yeah. iteration of that you believe in, and they're going to save the world. Yes, uh, from something terrible. Uh, yes, like the Winchester brothers. Yes, the Winchester brothers for some reason were chosen by fate. Initially, they weren't, Michael. But as the series progressed, we decided, oh, well, they've actually, they're actually uh, the the uh, the mortal vessels for bloody Lucifer and Michael. So you know, yeah. uh, so a chosen one is someone who's basically been given vast amounts of untapped power that they don't know how to access yet. Um, I'm sorry to say, Michael, that in in the realm of pop culture, there are very few female examples of chosen ones. They don't they Ray. Don't, they don't pop up as much. I mean, Ray has come up. Um, there's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. her Isn't she literally called the Chosen One? Yes, I think she's literally <laughs> been given that title. And that leads us to Michael. Yes. Probably the biggest problem with this trope is that it's just so fucking lazy. It's, um, so, it's omnipresent, Benjamin. 
it's it's one of the big ones, Michael. It, it, it's in all forms of fiction. I mean, it's there in the Bible. Yeah, Jeebus. Uh, Jeebus. Jeebus the, the chosen himself. one. Uh, he turned out to be a bit of a damn squib, but look, we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think that's the problem, Michael, is it's it's bloody lazy. It's it's quite often a lazy way to give your character the means to, to achieve something. Uh, one of my least favourite things in any... Um, form of fiction is when the hero gets their knockdown in the final battle and yeah. suddenly they find their hidden inner strength that was there all along but they didn't know about oh, um, yeah. and I suppose yeah it's just it's just a real irritating trope Michael I always think it's quite lazy I don't all know right. if it achieves anything I'm always a bigger fan of characters that kind of have to work their way through against all odds a ragtag group so you're a bigger fan of say Han Solo than Luke Skywalker yeah because I mean what's that about I mean come on Come on, Luke Skywalker, all of a sudden, oh, he has untapped potential. He's the greatest Jedi ever lived, except for Darth Vader and, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And I just don't get it. I just don't get it, Michael. I think it makes things lazy. I think it gives characters an unearned sense of of, of success and da-da-da-da-da. And I think it would be really disappointing for audiences. I think audiences find it very tough to root for a chosen one. Mm. Um, I think... And I, I dare say, Michael, that the, the main reason that the, the new Star Wars trilogy failed is because um, certain demographics don't like it when women get to be in the spotlight. Um, but it might also be the fact that she's just ridiculously overpowered for no reason whatsoever other than the fact that she's a... What is it? A, 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 what was it? Palpatine? Was yeah, she's Palpatine something. She's part of a, a pairing with Ben Solo. Oh, was she? With Adam Driver. Remember they were called the really Digim of the Force or something like that? I, I, didn't, I didn't really pay any attention to yeah, that. Yeah, well, yeah, you probably shouldn't uh, have. Ben, I don't know if those movies weren't that successful because of the small but vocal group of fans who didn't like them. I just think they weren't very successful because they weren't madly very good. Yes, well, I mean, that's because they relied on tropes like the Chosen One, Michael, and rode oh, it into I the grave. I see what you've done. I see what you've done. Uh, yeah, so it could be that, or it could just be a very vocal demographic that doesn't like... Uh, but, yeah, um, but like I'm saying, I don't think I don't think there's enough spending power in the misogynist market to make a massive, massive difference in in the Star Wars, the result of the Star Wars films. Well, that's probably true, Michael. The second one was so divisive, regardless of what you think about women or the yeah. Force, or it was just so divisive and such an odd movie, and that whole bloody diversion off to the casino planet and. The Casino Planet is bizarre. I watched that again recently, actually, um, because my brother wanted to see it. Uh, One great Star Wars fan my brother is, Mm. um, and he wanted to see it. And we sat down and watched it. And just in the... He had been very quiet, and I kind of been watching his expressions as he processed all this new... And he just stopped in the middle of it, and he went, what the fuck are they doing in Las Vegas? (laughs) And it it was a very key moment. I had to think about it and go, yeah, what the fuck is this? Why are they in Las Vegas, Ben? They're on Space Planet. It's a Space Planet. Space, space Vegas. Um, There's Benicio Del Toro. Look. Look at him. Look at him there. Look how look how non-consequential he was in the entire <laughs> fucking run. Um, how to waste a character. Um, but anyway. Anyway, go on. That doesn't that didn't bring into that. There there are a couple of tropes, uh, but one of the, the really popular ones is the, the bloody birthmark, Michael. Um, our chosen one has a birthmark. Um, go on. Now, um, sometimes people play with that in a really flexible way. J.K. Rowling has mm. a good example um, where we had kind of a flexible chosen one prophecy. It could have been Harry Potter or it could have been Neville Longbottom, but it really depended on who Voldemort chose um, to attack first. And he chose uh, the Potters. So Harry Potter gets his lightning bolt scar 
Um, there's no real significance for the lightning bolt, as it turns out in the end. Um, but uh, yeah, it's his bloody birthmark, and he becomes the chosen one to save the wizard world. Um, and all the pressure that comes with that, Michael, but we get to that later. Um, there are but, some other... Go on. Are, are these chosen one tropes that Ben that you're going on about here are they more common in teen or young adult literature oh I think they're almost a, a, a goddamn staple of the uh, of the young young adults uh, genre Percy of Jackson uh, Percy Jackson is is son of the gods and he's a special god because he's a son of one of the big three uh, which mm. is Zeus Poseidon or Hades I don't know if he has a birthmark though um, Does he have but a it's, it's a, a huge staple of uh, young adult fiction and I'm not sure why that is Michael but I'd hazard a guess and this is complete hypothesis on my part I hazard a guess that many young people harbored the wish that they were special and chosen and destined for greatness inherently. don't we all Ben uh, well I mean I think it kind of fades after your it's either your first kid or your, your first mortgage payment take your pick um, <laughs> I think it pretty much disappears after that <laughs> I think reality kind of take that in. family people <laughs> I think that kind of slips in and you go okay all right, maybe my kid's the chosen one. Uh, maybe yeah, that's, hopefully, bit of luck. <laughs> hopefully, a bit of luck. Um, I checked the chosen lottery at this point. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of young people kind of use that as escapism, the, the concept that they might be, you know, very, very special deep down within. Um, and I, I think that's important for people to have when they're younger, Michael. By, by no means am I... Am I um, by no means am I pissing in the cornflakes of young adult fiction. Um, yeah, but I do think that it wears a little thin the older you get. Um, because you kind of get sick of being told that, well, I'm special and I'm this and I'm that. There are plenty of examples of it, Michael. I think probably one of the ones that most people will be familiar to listen to on this podcast is The Fifth Element. Uh, the Fifth Elephant? Uh, the Fifth Elephant, yes. Uh, the Fifth Element with uh, Millie Ovovich, where she's just this hyper-powered being sent to save the universe. And all Bruce Willis has to do is tag along. Um, but wasn't that... Um, wasn't she created for that purpose? Yes, but she's still a chosen one. Okay. Still but falls not... within that trope. Does it? Okay. I, I thought it was more the kind of Luke Skywalker, you know, living on a farm. And oh, hidden away knowing... from the world. Yeah, that's what I thought you were getting f- towards. Or like Neo from The Matrix, who's just a regular John Smith working in a computer lab. I think that is his name. I think so. No, it's not John Smith. Something Smith, though. Oh no, because that's Agent Smith. Smith. He got Mister Anderson. That's Mister Anderson. Mister Anderson. Yeah. But um, I thought that was the type of one that bothered you. They're the type of one where oh, that also bothers me, Michael. Even two bloody two people making a podcast. Either one of us could turn out to be the son of. Oh, the only person who came to my mind was Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hitler is the equivalent of Emperor Palpatine. So, I mean, you yeah, can see no, where absolutely. I was going, but I don't uh, think it, uh, Michael I don't Benjamin's think podcast, the secret... Sons of Hitler. Yeah. The, join us next week being... on the Sons of Hitler podcast. I don't think being the secret grandson of Hitler would give you any. <laughs> I don't think I want to be the secret grandson of Hitler. I really, really hope that's not true. But you know uh, what I'm saying, Ben. Yes, I do get the idea. Well, I mean, that, that's probably one of the laziest forms, Michael. So let's 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 trail that little hypothesis of yours okay, down the road. Okay, trail it back, trail it back, trail it back. Uh, I suppose one of the really irritating things about Ray, in terms of her backstory, is that I don't think the writers knew who she was from the I know, first one. But they were they were going to subvert it, Ben. They were saying it's not you're not the chosen one. You're not mad important. Well, and they did episode- try to do that, and then. <laughs> In episode nine, they went, ah, only messing. Yeah, only messing. It turns out that it's, you're really special, really, really 
special. Even more special than you thought you might have been special. You're the specialist special who ever specialed. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's... I, I think a, a hidden past is probably one of the most annoying tropes in the Chosen One one. Where it's like, but I'm just a humble farm boy. And it's like, but wait. Uh, or, or are uh, you a Lucas Skywalker? I think one of the big ways that we try and find that one is the, the magic weapon or the chosen weapon um, right. where only the, the chosen one can wield it. And they kind of do it by mistake. You know what I mean? They pick it up and they're like, you shouldn't have been able to wield that. And, da, 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 da. Um, and it's always very entertaining, Michael, to kind of see that trope come to the fore. I mean, the most famous example there is King Arthur. King Arthur um, in the Guy Ritchie film, King, Guy Ritchie's King Archer. Oh, God. You fucking pick up the sword, mate, innit? <laughs> fucking Arthur. <laughs> it's, fucking that's Arthur. What that's you fucking white boy, you fucking gonna fucking chop off the head of Merlin and whatnot. That's just called Arthur and the Lads. Um, yeah. Arthur and the Lads do swords and shit, <laughs> um, is what that's called. It's a bloody, oh, what a movie. But anyway. I, t- I took a look, Michael, and we could sit here all day and pick holes in the Chosen One trope. We won't, Ben. We've got we about an hour. Because that's not really a great topic, and it's been done before. So what I decided to do, Michael, was yes. we take a look at, at the subtle ways in which this yeah. has been parodied or undermined or even uh, subverted um, throughout different oh, pop culture good. facets. Okay, go on then. Um, and we've lo- I, what I really wanted to take a look at here, Michael, one of the things I don't yes. like is the Chosen One. But one of the type of conflicts that I really enjoy is Chosen One Envy. Um because it nearly in every single uh, chosen one narrative, there is a character who is just so gosh darn jealous of the chosen right, one. Right, um, go on. And what I've always felt, Michael, about that is that's a completely justified emotional response to someone just turning up out of the blue and completely undermining all your efforts. Yeah, um, it'd be like if I one day it was replaced by a robot that's just perfect for podcasting. That'd be um, great. But the only issue with that, Ben, <laughs> might be that if the robot did show up, it might somehow lead on a sort of, sort of robot apocalypse. Uh, I mean, my life would be over if the podcast was gone anyway, Michael, so it's not... Oh, like very good. Um, and only uh, only Commander Shepard or Jean-Luc Picard would be able to save us. I hope it's Patrick Stewart. I'm here to save the day. There um, are four lights. And you know the most terrifying thing is, Councillor, I could actually see four lights. Good. Good gold. Um, but yeah, so the the first one that jumped to mind for me, and the first time I remember kind of seeing the trope, was of course Boromir from Lord of the Rings. Uh, um, he doesn't like it. Boromir's no fan of Frodo. He's like, you're a no. midget. Give me the ring. <laughs> um, and then to, to to really rub uh, salt in the wound, um, yeah. and there's Aragorn, who is actually the chosen king of Gondor, and he's like, hey, 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 you don't get to you don't get to actually be the heir to the throne. Get the get the fuck out of here. Um, Poor Boromir. Aragorn then he got to, arrowed. Then he got arrowed to bits. Um, poor El Aragorn is probably a good example of the the hidden past chosen one, where it's like, oh, I'm actually the uh, long lost son and the heir to uh, Gondor. <laughs> Surprise! And it's just like, oh, oh. of course you are. Of course you are. Of course you are. Yes. You're written by you're written by an Englishman, and therefore the having of royal blood is the most important thing. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, exactly that's all that matters you just have to just have to be of royal lineage one of the ones that mm. i found michael um for the kind of the chosen envy or chosen wannabe thing is there's yeah. there's always a, a mad kind of dash from these characters when they get even a glimmer that it might be them that's the chosen one and one of the characters mm-hmm. that i found michael and you'll have to spread this one out a little bit for me you'll have to have to stretch this one a little bit for me is getaway from transformers more than meets the eye get away from Transformers more than meets the eye now Michael I just found this in my things but apparently he has the ability to become a prime 
Right. Um, and what he becomes is kind of a glory hound where he seeks out opportunities that he could kind of come into contact with the Allspark or become a prime or, or something like that. And he becomes a danger to everyone around him. But I'm not sure how you feel about that, Michael. Get... Oh, you... Hmm. No? Let me think about that. I don't remember that. I just remember Getaway. Getaway is turns out to be a baddie, basically. Yes, he goes mad. I think as he he goes a bit bonkers. Yeah, uh, I, I wasn't sure. I did. I didn't really. I don't really remember the whole idea about wanting to become a prime. Oh, Getaway okay. Prime. Well, apparently, he has within him the ability to become uh, a prime. So he has an affinity for the Matrix, as they say in uh, in Transformers lore. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't know huh. if that's. What is that he says. why Gage, is that why Gateway was a baddie? I completely forgot about that. I just thought he was a prick. Uh, well, he might be a prick that wanted to be a chosen one. I'm not sure. Yeah, could be either or. That's a. It's a pretty common thing in Transformers because in Transformers you have the bloody Matrix Ben. The Matrix. Yes, go of on. Leadership. Tell me a little bit more there. You have the Matrix of Leadership. Yes. And when you get the Matrix of Leadership, you become cool and whatnot. Yeah. Well, so Optimus Prime was cool. just some bloody basic ass nerd. And then he got the Matrix of Leadership and he became a cool Optimus Prime dude. Oh, really? Is that is that what it is? So you just, you just That's, what did you do? Give it a hug or? No, you put it in your chest. Do you have, oh, you have a, oh, you have a little, okay, it's very, your very. Chest ca- your chest cavity opens up and if what? you're compatible, yeah, the, the Matrix opens for you and then you become a Prime. That's very penetrative. It is a little bit. It's a little bit weird. Optimus Prime had it, and then, of course, in the 1984 movie, of course, 1986 movie, 1986 movie, obviously, Hot Rod, Hot Rod got it, prick, and Hot and Hot Rod became Rodimus Prime, and he's a real prick. Rodimus, he was, he was useless. <laughs> Sorry, um, Michael, I but Rodimus you Prime say is. No, wait. Rodimus don't, Prime, don't, like, no, don't, voiced, don't, voiced by Judd Nelson. Don't. What? It's Rodimus <laughs> Prime. It's his bloody name. It's the name of the fella. It's not. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not the name. It's Transformers. Transformers is serious. <laughs> we just talked about how penetrative it is. Um, Rodimus Prime. And you're telling me that Rodimus Prime is not worthy of a small pause. Yeah, yeah. Rodimus, Rodimus, Rodimus. Very well. Thank you very much. Um, so, <laughs> but Rodimus Prime is a prime example of uh, a, a chosen one, a real nice. basic chosen one story, because you have this character, and Ro- Hot Rod is basically Luke Skywalker. Oh, He's a okay. young transformer fishing and driving around and being cool and being trendy and being modern and being voiced by Judd Nelson. And then... Oh, Judd Nelson. Did he end? And then he overstretches himself and he manages to get Optimus Prime killed the prick. Oh, what a prick. And then, then in our darkest hour... It turns out that Hot Rod, Hot Rod has an affinity with the Matrix and he's able to open the Matrix of leadership and become Rodimus Prime. Yeah, you see, I hate that kind of secret past history. Yeah, you've mentioned. That's why I've brought it up. Yeah, I kind of forgot yeah. that get- Getaway, that was Getaway's motivation. Apparently he has an affinity for the Matrix. Uh, well, uh, yeah, anyway, th- there's no need for you to get too uh, caught up in that. Because the next one I wanted to take but, a look at was The Chosen Zero, which is, I think, my favourite of the lot. Where it turns out that The Chosen One, that they put all their hopes and dreams on, is absolutely fucking ah, useless. classic. Um, I enjoy a false prophecy as much as the Harry next one. Harry Potter. And Harry Potter. <laughs> Bloody damn squib. Yeah. Um, if Hermione wasn't there, he would have died in the first book. Or, yeah, or before yeah. that from child neglect and abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, not funny. Because he was that's really in a really bad situation. Yeah, that's less funny. Yeah, it's less funny. Um, but anyway, Preacher is a pretty good example of this. Um, 
bloody bloody Garth Ennis getting his teeth in there. Um, there's the Holy Order that kind of kidnaps um, Jesse Custer because yep. they want the power of Genesis. And it turns out that they have the long, 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 long descended son or descendant of Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. In a cage, because mm. the way that they've the way that they've come up with that is to keep the bloodline pure. And as we all know um, from the royal family, if you try and keep the bloodline pure, it leads to an awful lot of uh, yeah. frailty and inbreeding. Like Prince Philip's, um, yeah, Prince Philip, uh, Prince Charles, book teeth, male pattern baldness. Hey, uh, you know the whole nine yards. You have a fine head of hair, there's, Michael. You just choose. To there's shave nothing it. to do with there's no, just, inbreeding. Has nothing to do with baldness. <laughs> anyway um so i mean and it's famously um a complete half wit in a cage that soils himself all the time which is and insults like disgusting. people from other nationalities yeah exactly it's pretty weird um and then the genesis itself is pretty interesting i think they did a better job of it in the tv series where genesis is going through the various people that claim to be chosen ones from different religions ah very good um and and exploding them because uh, that's not true. Claiming to be the chosen one, claiming to have prepared yourself all your life for this moment, doesn't uh, doesn't amount to squat. If you ain't the chosen one, you ain't the chosen it's just one. Just gonna explode. Um, so there are lots of examples of that. There's a good inversion of it uh, with Billy Batson in the Shazam movie that just came out, where he has to kind of talk to the wizard and explain, "Look, man, if you if you're looking for a perfect chosen one, yeah, you're never gonna get one. It ain't around. I'm, I'm the next best thing, but yeah. um." And better then, Michael, me, coming back better to Transformers. Better me than Mark Strong. Better me than Mark Strong. Well, is that true? I would have enjoyed seeing a really evil Mark Strong just acting the maggot. Mm-hmm. That would have been that would have been enjoyable. Um, but uh, coming back to Transformers, Michael, bloody Starscream gets elected as head of the Decepticons at yeah. one point um, because there's a prophecy and he thinks it's about him, but it turns out, nah, nah, sorry, Starscream. Nothing's about you. Get the, Nothing's about you, you jerk. Get the flip out of town, get out of here. Starscream. Get out of here. Uh, you're not, yeah, you're not chosen. Yeah, bloody... One of the favorite ones from from my childhood, Michael, was uh, Peter Pan from Hook. Right, go on. Um, it, he's grown up, Michael, yeah. and he is definitely supposed to be the chosen. He's played one. by Robin Williams. He's bloody awful at it. Yeah, um, because he's now an accountant or a banker of some kind, and he's just no fun, no banter. Yeah. All aboard the banter bus, destination not here. Um, and he's rubbish, and he kind of has to earn his title as the chosen one. So it's a nice inversion of that trope where it's like you gotta you got to earn it. Um, there are other great examples, Michael. If you listened to the podcast last week, you would have heard me recommend the fantastic movie Road to El Dorado. Yes. Um, where a more primitive civilization... Uh, where a more primitive civilization... Uh, <laughs> a more what, sorry? <laughs> a more primitive civilization. Oh, Ben, you can't call civilizations um, primitive. Um, mistakes two Spanish oh, you're going for it. For right. Okay, you're sticking with it. Um, it's the Aztecs. It's the the, ancient Aztecs, oh, the old Marco. primitives, right? Okay, the ancient yeah. Aztecs um, are less developed. Is that no. better? Less developed, less harsh. No, no? different. What do we call it? Di- no, because they're ancient. Right? They're, they're a less advanced culture. Oh, all right. That's very imperialistic <laughs> of you. All right, fine. Different. The different culture yeah. mistakes the, the two Spanish con men for uh, gods. Yeah. And uh, those two lads are out to get as much gold as they can stuff into their pockets and do a runner. Um, so, it's, again, it's a fantastic example of the chosen zero. And hilarity ensues as they try to come up with how to be gods on a, a very mortal a budget. Mo- <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's pretty, pretty good. Um, and then the only other example I could find is... Um, 
Ash versus the Evil Dead, the third one where he gets transported to uh, medieval and times. And he has a gun and a car. And he has a boomstick and a car, and that's what makes him the chosen one. Um, the other kind of great trope from that one is uh, it's tough at the top. Right, one. It's tough at the top. Gosh, it's awful tough to be the chosen it one. It is very tough. So much pressure. Poor. So much bloody staring poor at you. Poor old Buffy. Yeah, poor old Buffster. Yeah. She's just had a tough old then time. Her mom died. Um, probably one of the better examples of that is uh, Avatar from Avatar. Ang. Poor old Ang. Ang gets an awful lot of Not pressure. Not a very good film. Not a great film. Not a great film. Great series, though. I've heard. I've only Bloody seen very small sh- parts. Sh- Shamala, sh- Shamala, Shamala, Really did a mess of that one. Um, there's also other great examples there. We can take a look at Frodo. Poor El Frodo has an awful. Time. Is Frodo a chosen one though? Frodo's nah, not really, because he's just a normal dude. He doesn't turn out to have any great yeah. power. Or any great response. He just is a normal dude who... I think Frodo's not a great example. I like Frodo. Because he's just a normal dude yeah. who's been thrust into a crappy situation by his selfish uncle. He's had greatness. Yeah, his selfish, selfish uncle. But I don't know if you could necessarily say Frodo yeah, has had greatness right trust upon him. Because Frodo never wanted to do it. And not only did he never want to do it, but he doesn't become some all-conquering hero who rides into battle no, at the end. that's true. He just, he has to make a sacrifice of his things. And uh, he comes out of it traumatized and never recovers. That's true. He has to leave. He has PTSD. He essentially has PTSD. I, I think Frodo's not an example of a kind of great chosen hero. No, no kid grew up saying, I want to be like Frodo. Yeah, no, nobody ever. Everybody said that. wanted to be bloody Aragorn. Just go on any role pl- online role playing game and look at how many XXX Aragorn XX <laughs> XX. You don't want it. Don't do not go onto Google and type in XXX Aragorn. Or, or even like, not or a... even how every person, every every person who's ever played an online role playing game and they play an elf, the character's name is XX Legolas sixty nine four twenty. Oh Jesus Christ! You know, XX Legolas. Oh goodness! Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you never, and then of course you never get was... people playing. Oh, I'm going to name my character character after Frodo, the great chosen one, Frodo. Frodo's basically dildo baggins pops up a lot in a lot of forums. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I've seen a lot of dildo baggins. That's pretty funny because they, they kind of pop it's, up a lot. It's, it's funny because yeah, it's, it's a dildo. dildo. Yeah, dildos are inherently yeah. humorous. Um, and Jesus famously had a bit of a tough time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm real. bloody sick of you, Ben. Always throwing everything back to Jesus. To be honest with you, throwing everything back to Jesus. No, but on a, a more serious and uh, Christian undermining note, Bethany from Dogma has an awful time. Oh yeah, that's a good as one. the yeah, chosen one. one, the chosen descendant of yeah. God. She has an awful time, and she just refuses the call constantly. She's like, nope, no, not me. Don't want to deal with this. No, no. This isn't for me. Not a fan. Quite disapp- no great fan of prophecies am I. Quite a disappointment that she didn't end up back in in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, I guess they couldn't get her. Yeah, maybe she wasn't interested. I guess she kind of shunned shunned the the Hollywood limelight. Or maybe she's a Scientologist now or something. Oh, I really hope not. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, look, they all end up Scientologists. Sure, I'm a Scientologist. Oh, good. Yeah. Thanks for bloody telling me, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the one that uh, 
Uh, it doesn't matter. That's a poor joke. <laughs> what were you going to say? It'll just, just annoy some folks that we probably want to keep sweet. So, um, anyway. Hello. Ladies and are gentlemen. You, are you uh, pandering to big Scientology there for a second? No, I'm, I'm pandering to Comic Con. Okay. Oh, those back. lads. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot about them. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Benjamin. Did we miss any? Does the trope of the chosen hun uh, irritate the crap out of you? Does it? Does it? Does it grind your gears? What are great examples of storylines that don't utilize the chosen one? Uh, one that was given to us, um, kind of, uh, kind of in a, a completely coincidental way, is from good friend of the podcast Shane, who spoke about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Arthur is a, a great example. Yeah, he's of, not a chosen one. He's uh, a character just that's had greatness yeah he's just useless um and he's not prophesied at all and it's a great story so what other examples do you have ladies and gentlemen of that kind of thing what are your counters to the chosen one storylines what 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 really butters your biscuits when it comes to a main character well, i like bloody in, um in fiction i like uh saitama from one punch man yes because he's gotten to where he's gotten through hard work and dedication Yes, he has to do a, a rather rigorous workout. Yeah, but then I've been doing it, but I don't. I, it hasn't worked for me quite as well as it worked for him. I think mostly because I live mostly in the real world. Uh, well, I mean that that often limits my expectations of of fictional workouts and yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but the great thing about him is that he's got there through hard work and determination, and he doesn't really care. No, not at all. He has. He suffers from a, a, an almost. A, a, a detachment from reality and regular folk. Yeah, it's good. I like that show. I don't think you'd enjoy that, Michael. I think that'd be a very difficult existence for you. No, I, 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 I like uh, I like One Punch Man, Ben. I like it. You're quite full of joie de vivre. I, I like One Punch Man, Ben. I'd like to see more of it. Yeah, fair enough. If you want to see more of One Punch Man and mix obsession with it, you can check out our brand new video series dropping this week where we take a look at all things Spider-Man <laughs> and his One Punch workout that you can do in quarantine. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, what do you think of Chosen One storylines? Get in touch with us. There are many, many places to do so. If you're inclined to use a more traditional internet approach, you can go to shomrabeog.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. We're signing room in Irish. And I haven't updated it in the last couple of weeks because I forgot, so I better do that now. Uh, look, look, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. What are you yeah. going to do? Um, uh, if you prefer a more new age social media engaged version, we're on the bloody gram at Sean Rebuog, S-E-O-M or A-B-E-A-G. Just yeah, that. It's still no time com. Kind of. Because it's Instagram. Um, and then uh, further than that, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us, give a, us review. a review on Apple Podcasts, for God's sake. You now have no excuses. You have all the time in the world. Get on it. Get on it. Give us a review. Yeah. We used to be nice about it, ladies and gentlemen, but it hasn't really increased the numbers. So now I'm going to be slightly yeah, mean about it. Get on it um, and see if that works. Do it. We'll put you in a, do it now. We'll put you in a grapple. We'll give you one punch. <laughs> we'll give you one punch right in the head. <laughs> if you're listening to us on Spotify, follow yeah. us, please, and share us with all your friends. You can tap the little triangle, the, triangle. the unfinished triangle with the two little circles, yeah. and share us on your Instagram Stick story it on for Instagram, all your friends. Or else we'll to. give you a punch in the head. Are we being needy? Yes, but I hallucinated about being Rorschach this week. This is the least of my mm. mental delusions, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, and if you listen to us on uh, Google Podcasts, I don't know what you can do on Google Just say, Podcasts. Just keep listening. Hey, Google, play the latest episode of Michael and Benjamin's podcast on high volume on my smart speaker. 
Except that this is the latest episode of Michael and Benjamin's podcast and it'll be quite confusing for it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go off and uh, comb through my family history to see if I actually have better things waiting in my future. Ah, Probably not. See what you've done there. (laughs) That's it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. Oh, goodbye.